Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe. Oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. The boys are back and it is game day fire up crazy train and all of the madness that comes along with a k-state game day i cannot wait k-state kicks off at 4:45 here in god's time zone um for the pop tarts bowl um of course k-state radio network will have pre-game going long before that but i hope you start your game day Listening to us here at Bosco's Boys, and we got a good one. Um, we got Evan at the uh, Red and White Podcast, who's going to have a nice little preview for you guys uh, from the NC State side of things. Because uh, he, I mean, he's going to do a hell of a lot better job than I could getting you guys ready for this game. And then we're going to end the show with the good chef Andre Napier talking K State from Cocaine Willie. Um, super fun podcast. Um, and, they, and they've had Evan, they've had the folks from Run White podcast on a few times this off season. I, I think they went on their podcast as well. So again, um, if you're listening to this early enough in the morning, go back to Cocaine Willie, go find their episodes, go to Red White Podcast, get all of their episodes as well. Um, some housekeeping before we get into. Uh, the primers, uh, because again, uh, I, you guys won't hear from me. I'm, I'm going to go to Evan, then we'll end with Andre, and then you're going to hear the K-State acapella fight song in alma mater. Um, so this is all. I'm going to make you guys uh, listen to me. Um, my my preview, uh, I had a little 30-minute preview yesterday. I uh, gave my keys to V-Picks to click my prediction and all that type of stuff, so go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Uh, K-State women's basketball playing on Saturday at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus to get things kicked off. Um, Conference play, uh, K-State men's basketball, January 2nd, home game versus Chicago State, 7 p.m. in Bramlage Coliseum. So that's the next time those games get going. Um, No crazy transfer portal news or anything like that. Um, I will say, um, you know, a... You know, I don't know if it's a plug. They're, you know, they're my friends, both K-State Online and Go Paracat, absolutely uh, killing it with coverage. Um, if you're not subscribed to either one of those, I, I think I think both are worth your money. Go check them out. Um, got good friends working at both those places now. Kellis Robinette has been doing a great job covering the K-State Bowl game. 
Um, so if you don't have a digital subscription to the Kansas City Star or Wichita Eagle Sports, um, be sure to give that a listen. You know, they've all done a great job through the holidays covering the teams. Um, so just a special shout out to them. I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors. Again, only one more show this year. I will have a reaction to the uh, bowl game. I'll have that, uh, you know, to you guys tomorrow morning after the game. Um, or at least I'm planning on recording it after the game um, and having it scheduled for published uh, that morning. Uh, so stay tuned on that. Um, but, but. I it, it's it's been a long time. I, I don't actually think it's ever happened in, in the history of the show, um, and, and it's back to back years. Charlie Hustle uh, was on and on on and off with us last sports season. They've been rocking with us this entire football season. They're going to be with us all the way through basketball season as well. The best officially licensed K State merch around. I know so many of you guys were getting Charlie Hustle stuff for Christmas. So many of you guys were using it. Uh, you were gifting it uh, for Christmas. So please go check out charliehustle.com. Get yourself something. Get your loved one something. Um, check out Charlie Hustle. And then, of course, Manhattan Brewing Company. Wabash Ale. Four packs all throughout the state. If it's not in your local liquor store, talk to them. Be polite, but I'm sure they want to sell you beer. So tell them, hey, this is what I want, and they will try to hook you up, I'm sure. And, of course, Tuesday, uh, back in Bramwich Coliseum, go to Manhattan Brewing Company. Get a couple pints every pregame. Make that part of your pregame routine. Again, not a lot of tailgating for uh, basketball games, uh, so enough time to go get a couple pints before you head to the arena. All right, uh, like I said, we're going to have Evan coming to you guys to talk about NC State. You're going to hear some transitional music, and then you're going to hear Chef. And then we're just going straight into the uh, acapella fight song. Uh, so since you guys won't hear me later, uh, again for Evan, for Chef, for Chauncey, the best song in the world, my name's Scott McFarlane. We love you guys. Go Cats. Hopefully we get this big, bold dub this afternoon. Um, take care of yourself. Uh, the new year's almost here. Again, thanks for a great year. Let's have our final uh, primers episode of the year. Bosco's boys listeners this is Evan from the red and white podcast you can find us on Twitter pretty much everywhere else at red white podcast I'm here to give you the little 411 on NC State as they come to Orlando to face K-State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl uh, some questions uh, that that you guys want us to answer did NC State's season exceed or fall short of expectations that's a good one and I've said it before that it was a roller coaster. The first half of the season was not what anybody expected, but the second half was exactly what we expected in terms of what we thought we'd getting as a product and not the actual outcome. Halfway through the season, we lose a train wreck game to Louisville and lose a train wreck game to Duke. Both those games we should have won. That changes the trajectory of the season. And then midway season, midway through the season, our quarterback gets benched for a redshirt freshman quarterback who then decides to bench himself and redshirt who is now in the portal after winning three games really confusing stuff but what this 
What the numbers don't really show is that NC State's defense is fantastic, and that has carried us all season. The offense started to hit strides in the last four or five games. They stopped asking Brennan Armstrong to do some crazy stuff and realized, hey, you have Kevin Concepcion, who's uh, first-team freshman All-American. He's a phenomenal wide receiver. They will find ways to get him the ball any ways they can. Wildcat, pop passes, swing passes, screen passes, slants, mesh, deep routes. He does it all. He is pretty much our offense. We have our one, two, and three starting running backs in the portal. Our first two are in the portal. One midseason again. The other one late season. So, yeah, we asked Kevin Concepcion on offense to do it all. You People refer to him as KC. He is uh, phenomenal, and he's, he's a hell of a football player. He's only a true freshman. But going back to the question, did it meet expectations? We finished 9-3, and three, and for NC State, we are historically a mediocre program, and I, I hate to say that, but I, I mean it. If you look at our, our records, over the years, we are 500. We're a 500 program. Dave Dorn has kind of elevated that floor a good bit where the expectations are you know, eight, nine wins, but we've only had 10 wins once in program history. And that's why this game is actually pretty important because I think it's a chance for them to achieve it. Now I think they could, should have have, should have achieved it during the year. You don't lose that game to Duke where Duke scores on three plays. Every other plus minus statistic was in favor of NC state. And the same thing with Louisville, they had a chance to go down and tie the game, but Brennan Armstrong just, was playing terrible football, if I'm going to be honest, and threw a terrible late interception. So maybe to start the season, it felt like everything set up for NC State to have a really good chance to make it to Charlotte. Halfway through the season, even after the first game in UConn, when you just saw how stuck in the mud the offense was, I think State fans in general, change their perception or change their expectations a little bit more tempered. But halfway through the season, when the offense started clicking and they started doing things that they should have been doing all along, and Brendan Armstrong comes back in after being benched and just plays out of his mind. He plays phenomenal. He played the Carolina game hurt, and it was one of our best offensive performances of the year. So, I don't know. It's been a rolling Rolling expectations, to say the least. I think, are we happy with the outcome of the season? Yeah, I think most fans are going to be really happy with how that season turned out. It could have been a lot worse. could have been better, but it could have been a lot worse. I think this team has all the pieces to be a really good team, and that's kind of, you know, if we're being really nitpicky, that's where the disappointment may set in. Yeah, a lot of the other question is major players who won't be playing. So a lot is made at NC State has the most players currently in the portal of any program. I think it's 19. Part of that is NC State had a program last year where all the players got $25,000. It was intended to keep everybody around, but the adverse effects to it was it kept everybody around. So you kept around guys who weren't contributing or weren't going to ever play. And when you pulled that, which they did this year, a lot of those guys hit the portal. So really not too many guys, high impact guys are in the portal. 
C.J. Clark, defensive tackle, had a phenomenal year. <clears throat> Been a really good player. He was a four-star recruit for us. He hit the portal, kind of surprising, but he was splitting time with uh, Brandon Cleveland, who's a young guy who they really like. He really played well. So, you know, it's a loss because he's really C.J.'s a really good talent, but he's really one of the few guys that would have an impact on offense or defense that is not going to play. Now, the other one is obviously Peyton Wilson, All-American linebacker. He's best linebacker I've ever seen play in college. He's phenomenal. And he decided to sit out, which nobody blames him. He's had injury issues in the past, and he's made it through his last two years relatively injury-free. And to risk it for this bowl game would be silly, even though – he really wanted to play, but his family and advisors didn't want him to play. So you don't really replace Peyton Wilson. There's nobody you're going to plug in who's going to become a guy who's going to get you 15 tackles every game and you know be able to lead the defense like that. So you're going to have to hope everybody else steps up. He's the only one that has decided to sit out. There might be some others who are you know draft prospects. You know, kind of wonder about our two corners, Shaheen Battle and Aiden White. Both of them are very good corners have had fantastic seasons. I wonder what they do. Our safety position's kind of in flux. We did lose Jakeen Harris to the portal, but you know we've been rotating a lot of safeties. We've had injuries, and we've had a lot of guys get playing time. And there's some guys back there that they really like that can that can fill in. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, outside of Peyton Wilson, which. To me, he's going to be, you know, how do they handle not having him on the field is going to be how they, it's going to be how this defense reacts. Peyton is, you know, he's so fast. He's 6'5, 240. They clocked him running 23 miles an hour. And he's the guy that would spy Avery Johnson. And that's what concerns me is how do you contain Avery Johnson's ability to run? Now, he's probably an unproven passer. Well, he is an unproven passer at this level, so he's going to probably default to his legs and losing a guy that is equally as fast as him and the leader of your defense. If K-State's going to have success running the ball, I got a feeling it's going to be with Avery Johnson, uh, you know, sort of taking advantage of the inexperience in the middle linebacker position now. One or two biggest keys or players to watch for East Side of Ball. Yeah, I already mentioned uh, Kevin Concepcion. He is our offense. We have some other guys that will, you know, get some attention. Julian Gray is extremely fast. He hasn't really popped. He's a wide receiver. Hasn't really kind of had that moment where he's, you know, exploded on the scene. But they use him in a variety of ways. He's a fantastic kick returner. You'll see him there. He's a difference maker. I kind of wonder what if his role on offense is going to increase. Uh, Keon Lassane is a guy they'll probably default to. Not very fast. Kind of dependable. He was part of the I don't say part of the problem in the first half of the season is they were trying to use him as the primary, and he's just not a primary wide receiver. But in a secondary role, he's been really good. Bradley Bradley Rosner, who's been in the in college football for seven years. He's transferred from Rice and I believe Rice. He's six five. He's kind of long and lanky. 
might be our red zone guy, but I don't really know outside of uh, KC who they're who they're going to lean on in the offense. Brandon Armstrong, they're going to lean on him to run the ball, be a second running back. Like I said, we have Kendrick Raphael. He's a true freshman running back. He's our main guy right now. Delbert Mims is kind of a short, stocky guy they'll use in goal line situations, short yardage. He's had a fantastic uh, season in that in that role. They moved over a, a really athletic linebacker to running back Jordan Poole, who was a running back in high school, but he hasn't really gotten the experience at the running back position. So it's kind of up in the air, but they're going to rely on Kendrick Raphael and Brendan Armstrong to lead that the running game. Defensively, like I mentioned, Peyton's sitting out, so you're going to look at guys like uh, Brandon Cleveland in the middle. It's going to be really good. Aiden White and Shaheen Battle already mentioned they are corners who are uh, you know, fantastic corners. You're not going to have success if you're just trying to pick on them all day. Like legit, they're both first team all Amer- uh, for first team all ACC guys. Uh, fantastic corners. Safety position, maybe where we can take advantage of, maybe some double moves over the top, playing the seams. Sean Brown is going to probably get the bulk of that, but he's been uh, been known to be overly aggressive in run defense and giving up the deep plays across the middle and covered in coverage. So that's kind of who I'd, I'd watch out for. Uh, Red Hibbler's a defensive end who's our best pass rusher. You'll see him in obvious passing situations. He's unbelievably quick off the edge. Noah Potter, he's a transfer from Ohio State. Been serviceable. Pretty good guy. Savion Jackson. Our line has been good. Our defensive line, we run a 3-3-5. Our defensive line has been so good under Tony Gibson that it has freed up guys like Peyton Wilson and our linebackers to make plays and work in space. And I think that's what makes his defense so successful. Tony Gibson, our defensive coordinator, has been fantastic at being disruptive and making guys uncomfortable. And I imagine he's going to contain Avery Johnson and make him throw and make him uncomfortable. So it'll be a good matchup because I know K-State likes to run the ball and they get creative in how they do that. So, yeah, that's it, it'll be interesting. I really think that it lines up well on both sides of the ball for a really good game, probably an underrated game out there. Uh, biggest keys for us to win is how do you replace Peyton Wilson or how do you contain Avery Johnson? I think one of those, those are two of the same. And then, you know, offensively, are they able to maintain the success that they had been? seeing late in the year the last five games I mean the Carolina game they could have scored if Brendan Armstrong's playing with you know bruised crack ribs and you could tell he was running gingerly I'm sure he's better now but if he's healthy in that game they could have scored five touchdowns in the first five possessions it was ridiculous how well they were moving the ball do they keep that momentum up after the long break do young guys get some more uh, playing time I think that's going to be, you know, the biggest question. I, I think for state fans, also NC State fans, and I keep saying state fans. I apologize. I know y'all are state as well, but for NC State fans, we haven't had a whole lot of bowl success under Dave Dorn for whatever reason that is. Maybe it's matchups. Maybe it's desire to be there. Right? I feel like a lot of coaches don't appreciate the bowls and just use them as a practice. I get it, but. How does NC State react to those 
to this game, being that it is for Dave Dorn's 10th win this season. And it is a feat that doesn't happen often in school history. And it is a good matchup. Dave's very familiar with the Midwest in that region. There's a lot of I don't knows about this. I am kind of surprised that we are a three-point underdog. But I do get that people see all the guys we have in the portal. And, you know, that could be, you know, leaning one way or the other. And K-State's good. I I got a lot of respect for that program. You know, it's – I think it's probably closer to a pick in reality because, you know, assuming nobody else on our side sits out or announces that they're going to sit out. But as of today, Christmas Day, it's only been Peyton Wilson and a couple of guys in the portal who have, have impact. So – I expect this to be a really good game. I expect somewhere around 34-27-ish. I feel pretty good about NC State's chances. You know, I know K-State has some guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the portal. Will State be able to ex- exploit them? Maybe. K-State's a really good running team. That's We're really good run defense. So I feel like it matches up well for us. But like I said, we're very unknown in these kind of games. And I do really like climbing a lot. I think you guys have a fantastic coach. He's going to, he's, you know, obviously won the big 12 last year. And I think he's going to continue to find success for that program. So, yeah, I'm not going to give a final score prediction. I guess I just did 34, 27, somewhere around there. We don't typically score a lot of points. So maybe that's a little bit high, but the offense has been clicking lately. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I think that's probably a good primer for NC State. It should be a fantastic game. We're going to run the ball out with the quarterback. I know y'all are going to run the ball out with the quarterback. These bowl games are going to come down to really who wants to be there and who wants to win. We've seen it so far this bowl season. It's just been a lot of, you know, this team wants it more than the other team. Is NC State going to want it more in K-State? I don't know. I feel like if you're just looking at the matchups on paper, I feel pretty good about our matchups. And there is some unknown to your quarterback situation that does tend to make me worry. NC State has been known to make kings out of these kids. You know, first-timers, first-time starters. Well, I guess he technically started before as a wide receiver. But – you know, we call ourselves the kingmakers. It's it happens. These backup quarterbacks, or you know, whoever it may be. So maybe that's just a little bit of chicken little in in me. But you know, an unknown like Avery Johnson is is interesting. I know he was highly re- regarded and and whatnot. But it should be a really good game. I think you guys will appreciate uh, the matchup. I, I just I got a feeling it's going to be a real good game. A really underrated game. It's not going to be like one of these stinkers we've been having the last few days where it's you know 30 to 12 or whatever the last score that georgia tech ucf game was that was terrible but yeah as as always uh thanks for having us bosco whoever you are appreciate it y'all check out at redway podcast on twitter we're going to post an episode tomorrow for the bowl game if you want to hear what we've got going so christmas post christmas morning we should have an episode up for uh, our fans if you want to listen to what we're talking about and whatnot. But 
hopefully a good game. Hope you all have a good time. State fans are awesome. So if you see any NC State fans, go have a beer with them. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to the game, but I know there will be a lot of us there, and we're mostly hospitable. So make some friends. Enjoy the game. should be a great time. And as always, go Pack. Christmas, everybody. Man, it's prime time for the Pop-Tarts Bowl Primer. And I'm here to do it. I'm Chef Andre Napier, the good chef. Bosco's boy legend, maybe? Uh, I don't know about that. But I do have my own podcast with two of my really good buddies. You know, Bob Trollsby, Fireball Matt Marchesini. We are the Cocaine Willie podcast. But it's just me today, and I'm here on the Bosco's Boys to do the primer for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Going against North Carolina State, it's just one of those games. It's a standalone game on ESPN on a Thursday? Oh my gosh, man. For the season that we had, this is probably the most ideal spot that we could have been in, in all honesty. The, The matchup as well, North Carolina State... Would we have liked to see the historic blue blood program like Notre Dame? Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm more excited for NC State, an opponent that we've never played before. That's nuts. That is insane to me. You know, these two programs are so similar when you break it down that it's just going to be one of those games where we're going to look back and it, it could be a classic. But the, the excitement level's high. And it's not only just for the matchup of the opponent that we're going against. It's the roster that we got going into this game. You know, I mean, the storylines speak for themselves. But the transfer portal and opt-outs, they've, I'd say they hit both teams pretty damn hard. You know, we're missing our quarterback. Some Some people would say that's the biggest one. But, you know, behind him is Avery. But we're missing Will Howard. Well, Howard enters the transfer portal. There's conflicting reports on whether he's at USC. Who knows? That doesn't matter because he's not on the team anymore. But we're missing Kobe Savage entered the transfer portal. We're missing, ugh, I mean, every other quarterback. <laughs> Let's not, not just Will Howard. Let's not just put it on him. But wide receivers took a little bit of a hit. Defensively. Will Lee, he disappears. Not that he didn't disappear versus Iowa State, but he disappears from the from the team. He's at Texas A&M now. We we took a little bit of a little dinger in the transfer portal. Opt-outs as well. I mean, Philip Brooks, not going to play. Ben Sinnott, not going to play. And you would imagine a first-round talent like Cooper Beebe wouldn't play, but psych, he's playing. That's a legend. He is a K-State legend. Some people are calling him the greatest of all time. I wouldn't go that far, but he is on my Mount Rushmore of K-State legends. When it comes to the excitement of the game from the personnel standpoint, 
I'm, I'm mixing these two together because that's what gets me excited for this game. Avery Johnson, his second start. First as a quarterback, though. Let's let's be a little silly about it. He's he's taken over, and and it's under a a new offensive coordinator. We're missing Colin Klein, but that's fine. We've got Connor Riley using basically the exact same thing that he had Colin Klein had for the LSU game in the Texas Bowl. Connor Riley is getting his audition. He's getting his chance right here. Let's see if he can take advantage and, you know, call a game for Avery and put him in the right situations to win a game versus an ACC opponent. One of an awesome defense in North Carolina State. Riley has an opportunity to do big things with the future of the program in Avery Johnson. We still have DJ Giddens back there, but we're we're missing Treshawn Ward. That's another portal hit. People were clamoring for Joe Jackson, and he's going to get his opportunities. I think he's finally healthy. He's going to get some run. Ben Sinnott, he opts out. So we're going to see a heavy dose of Garrett Oakley at tight end, which is a lovely thing because that's the future of the program. Avery's a sophomore. In my eyes, he's a sophomore. Garrett Oakley's going to be a sophomore in, his, in my eyes. They're going to be tethered to the hip together throughout their careers, and it's going to be the start of it right here in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Man, the... There's just so many aspects that you could go with this game. And it's K-State's still favored by two and a half as as I check right now. And I think that's about right. I think this is going to be a field goal tight game. North Carolina is missing some of their their players as well. So it's it's a battle of broken rosters, which is fine. These games and the postseason, you know, they're they're basically a new season. It's not even the same thing anymore, which is fine. We're 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 in a new era of college football and we we've seen it this season. We're we're missing pieces in the transfer portal that, you know, years ago we wouldn't even be worried about transferring because they were already be out the door not worrying about their COVID season. They would just be seniors and they would have already graduated. So it's it's fine with me. I think this team is still dangerous, though. Defensively, I think we're still going to see Khalid Duke, Cody Stuffelby, Brennan Mott on the defensive line. Uso should be healthy for this game, which would be huge. I'm excited for Uso coming back. Austin Moore, he's he's putting his commitment for his COVID season. Des Purnell's still playing strong. Will we see Austin Romaine? Hopefully he's back to full healthy, and he'll be able to contribute a lot. And then the defensive backs, Marquis Siegel, VJ Payne, still holding it down back there. Who's going to be that third safety spot in place of Kobe I don't know I I'd imagine it's probably going to be Colby McAllister maybe Jack Fabris as a true freshman that'd be nuts corner still they're still solid Keenan Garber the two best the two best corners that we have right now are still on the roster in my opinion and it's one of those games where will we win 
I got it as a win, but I'll give that prediction later. For us to win, we're going to have to see some picks to click. And one of those picks to click is going to be it's those it's that the linebacking core for me because the offense for North Carolina State underwhelming if you could say that. I mean, it's just one of those offenses that they're not explosive in my opinion at all, but they have a dynamic player. I can, and I call him a player because he's not he's positionless. Concepcion, they call him KC. That's a dirty nickname. Love that. KC uh Concepcion, whatever you want to call him, he'll line up at receiver, quarterback, running back. He does it all for this team. And they're leaning on a you know, a quarterback that they benched earlier in the season in Armstrong. So these linebackers have to be able to be athletic enough to be all over the field to chase down Concepcion because he is the offense for them. Outside of that, I'm just not spooked about their offense at all, really. That's no disrespect to them. It's just it is what it is. Uh, they've got a they've got a big offensive line, but it's they're just not explosive. And the last time we saw this K-State football team outside of the explosive plays, which, you know, <laughs> were six huge ones that we just could not stop anybody in Iowa State and in two foot of snow, we were a solid defense in my opinion. I think we're a solid defense, even with the, the missing pieces. I think we're still solid. So it's going to it's gonna be up to those linebackers to do it. So if I had to pick one, you know, I'm going to go Desmond Purnell because he's he's so unheralded. It was a it was a crime that he wasn't, you know, second team all Big 12. He was a, a dominant linebacker. Another pick to click. Give me another one. And it's going to be Avery. It's his show. How can we not have Avery as a pick to click? You know, people are talking about he's going to be the face of the sport in a couple years. That's that's nuts. Could you imagine? NCAA football's coming out, the video game, and we're going to have Avery on the cover? I'm not going there just yet. But, man, oh man. If we're going to get Avery out there cooking, running, throwing, I, I wouldn't expect to see him run the ball like crazy. But, I mean, you could see something along those lines. I would imagine like 9 to 10 rushes, 8 to 9 rushes. And with as explosive as he is, that could be pay dirt every time. Ask Texas Tech, five rushing touchdowns. Every time you put the ball in his hand, it could it could be something deadly for North Carolina's sake, especially seeing how they're missing their first-round projected talent at linebacker from you know the last reports. I mean, closer to game time. Who knows if he'll actually play or not. But if he doesn't, it's going to be hell to pay for going out there doing work against the North Carolina State Wolf Pack. I love that nickname, Red and Black. That's a nice team over there. Their defense is solid. So I got Avery as that pick to click, and I I want to see numbers. If, if you saw numbers at 200 yards passing, a tutty throwing, 56 yards rushing on eight rushes, I mean, yeah, eight rushes, for another tutty, I'm expecting us to win the game. 
I'm expecting us to win the game handily if we can get crazy production like that from our boy, Avery Johnson. Number two now. I, I like it. I mean, I liked five as well, but two is two is a good number. If I had to pick a score projection, man, oh, man, I would have to go. I'm going to go 24-20. Cats. I, I think it's going to be a fun, exciting game. I think we cover if with this short line. I think we cover, and it's – it's another trophy in the trophy case. Still don't know what the trophy looks like. That's one of those things I'm looking forward to because, I mean, we know we have the edible mascot at the end. But if you got Cooper BB and Hayden Gillum and Katori Leviston out there, KT Lev, they there might not be a mascot, an edible mascot to bring home. They might eat the whole thing. So i want to see a nice trophy to hang up next to a big 12 championship <laughs> that would be silly have the pop tart bowl trophy right next to the big 12 championship there's levels of this but you know the pop tart bowl is nothing to sneeze at let's go baby but i'm sure you guys are done listening to me ramble on about trophies and edible mascots and stuff you know big shout out to scott my boy Love Scott McFarland, Scott Wildcat. You know, this was one hell of a year. I'm so excited, and I'm so happy that he had me on. Thank you, Bosco's boys. Thank you, Boneheads. Everybody, have a good new year. Have it be blessed. You know, I'm so, so happy for all you guys. Love you guys. Subscribe to the Cocaine Willie podcast. It It's free. Give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Whatever you want to do. It really doesn't matter. I'm just happy to be here talking K-State sports. It's a true blessing. Love you guys forever. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. to see onward forever hail victory button 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 fight you can't stay wildcats for alma mater fights glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. You can't stay wildcats for all the modern fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go stay. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Social Podcast Network.